Hello, and welcome back to His Call My Purpose. Um, if you know me, I talk about being transparent. And I have mentioned before, um, podcasts are new to me. And um, I do not know how to edit. And I do not know how to um, work fancy equipment. So this is probably take 100. I'm exaggerating, but it feels like that. Um, I flub, I say, um, too much. I don't, I have gaps of space because, you know, there's facial expressions. There's things that go on through podcasts that I'm sure you can't see. And you're like, why is she telling this? Because with wanting to get information out or a valued podcast, you get frustrated. You're like, I want something that people will genuinely listen to because, they're taking the time to actually listen to what I have to say. So, but I'm tired. I, you know, I'm not a perfectionist, but I love to create content and information that is worth listening to. So I just had to start to share that with you that these aren't as easy as it looks. And when you have these podcasters, is that what you call them? Podcasters that um, do this for a living and do this to raise money. Kudos to you for real. Um, so I'm going to take a sidestep right from my last, um, interaction or series on self-care and, and one's well-being. And we're going to move to ask the question, do you know who you are? Do you understand who you are as a person? Are you happy with who you are? Um, do you know who you are in Christ? And I ask that question because we'll deal with a lot of topics and subjects that make me think that in today's society, in today's worldview, in today's multimedia, we don't know who we are. We know what everybody thinks we should be, but do we know who we are? And so I'm going to share two scriptures with you this afternoon. And the first one is Genesis 1 verse 27, 28, and then I'm going to jump down to 31. And it reads, so God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, filling the earth and governing it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And when we jump to 31, it says, and then God looked over all that he had made and saw that it was very good. And the evening passed and the morning came, marking the sixth day. So you may ask, what's the importance of that? Number one, God created us in his own image. And when we read the scripture, it says human beings in his own image. In, and then stresses, in the image of God, he created them. So in case you had any doubts, any second guesses, I want to affirm the fact that he created them in his image. And not only that, he blessed them. So right after creation, he blessed them and then gave them a charge of what to do. And then when we come down, he says, and he saw that it was very good. If you go back in the scripture test, when God finished each day, he would say, and it was good. But on this day, I feel that he's like, I made my best work. I did the best work of today and all of creation and everything that I have laid down and all the foundation. 
Human beings are my best work and they are very good. To know that God values me enough to not only have me reflect his character, but to bless me and then say that it's very good means that I matter. That from the beginning, because Genesis is the first chapter, the first book of the Bible, that I matter, that I mean something to him, that I am not just something to be canceled out. And then if we turn over to Psalms 139, chapter, let's see, let's start. Let me start at chapter one and then we're going to skip to 13. Okay, so chapter one of Psalms 139 reads, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. And then when we jump over to 13, it says, You have made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knitted me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Verse one tells us, that God knows everything about us. He created us. And then it says, you made all the delicate and innermost parts of my body bef- while I was in my mother's womb, knitted me together in my mother's womb. So he knows everything about you. He knows how you tick. He knows your anger points. He knows your frustration. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths. He knows everything about you. He knows if you have one, one leg longer than the other. He knows if you have short, stubby fingers. He knows if you have a twitch in your eye. He knows everything about you because he created you. And he does not make mistakes. So everything that you are. Everything that every position that you have been placed in is intricately done for a purpose. It's for a reason. But do you know? Do you know who you are? Do you value who you are? Do you put more faith in man and what man has done and what man is doing and what man is telling you? Or do you put your faith in God? Do you put faith in the man who created everything? Everything. If you were to go back and read the first chapter of Genesis of the amazing how somebody can take and separate land from water and cause it to stay and then separate the sky from the foundation and cause it to stay. And in my language, throw some stars up in the sky and cause it to stay. And then throw a moon and a sun and have it function the way it functions and cause it to stay so that life can continue to um, renew itself and regenerate itself and be born. That is not something, in my opinion, and I'm not going to sit here and challenge the uh, science versus religion theory, but myself and my understanding, if you take chaos you're not going to get organization. So if you take something that happened to be in the cosmos and it explodes, the percentage in my in my little infinite mind cuz I was not a biology major, I was not a chemistry major, I didn't, you know, I passed. <laughs> but I was not someone but you can't take nothing 
and make something without an origin. You can't take chaos and make perfection. Because again, you go try. Go try and take some sand and take some water and try to keep them from mixing together. Try to keep the water on the water side and the sand on the other side without anything in the middle. Try to keep the, you know, the elements where the elements are supposed to be. Try to throw something else in the sky <laughs> and it stay in the sky. I, I'm being a little um, silly with it, but I hope I make my point. It's like when you can sit there and imagine that someone loves you so much that they would create perfection. They would create. Now, when I say perfection, I mean in its original state, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. There was nothing to be wanted for. There was nothing to be um, worked for. But things happen in life. And because of free will and the choices that we've made. And again, today, we have those same choices. We have choices to choose what God has called us to do or to choose what we've called ourselves to do. And that's where I'm trying to get. When we make decisions in our lives, who is that deciding factor? Are those deciding factors made by social media? Are those deciding factors made from magazines? Now, I guess I'm dating myself because magazines are kind of windling themselves out. But when I say magazines, they could be magazines from pop art or music that used to be music. It could be from Essence to Ebony. They no longer make Jet, I don't believe. Or they could be Glamour to uh, GQ to Vogue in style if they are still published and even to the point where they had moved from hard copy publishing to electronic publishing and um there's there's still some in print somewhere because again we still we have supermodels and we have fashion and um then we look at with that same token if i stay on that line celebrities what influence do the celebrities that you see have on your life to dictate who you are, how you manage yourself, how you how you carry yourself, words that come out of your mouth, how you dress, how you aspire to be something greater in life. Are you looking at them instead of looking at God? And then what's hot? What's not? What's trending? You know, all of a sudden we have to be the it. And that that goes back to me and my podcast. Like, I, you know, I don't have thousands of followers. And that's not my goal. My goal is if one person listens to my podcast and one person gets a aha moment or a, you know what? I need to regroup and clarify and um, refocus on who I really am and not who I trying to perpetuate myself on um, social media. I've, I'm done. I, I've, I've, I've done what I was called to do. I called to bring awareness or, or, or reminders to people about the things that we value. I think we take more value on non-material things, on um, achieving goals that aren't necessarily, you know, my goal in life is not to get 100 followers. My goal in life is to make 100 disciples. How about that? That is a better goal, um, disciples for Christ, than followers followers come and go but I don't want you to follow me I want you to follow Christ Mm, said something there but anyways um and then our friends do we pick our friends based on who they are 
what they can do for us, what image we want to perpetuate, how cool they are, or do we, we pick our friends based on their heart, based on their, um, their livelihood and their lifestyle and their environment and their, and then our families. And you might say, wait, my family. Yeah. Because sometimes we want to be something so bad that we forget who we are and what family we came to and we treat our family so bad and we treat our family like that's not my family and we make these pseudo new families out of other things so you have to be careful or we perpetuate that my family is rolling and 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 we just rolling in dough and we rolling and we balling and that's not the truth our parents are working hard and working two jobs and working three jobs just to make ends meet and you're not giving them credit for their hard work and their dedication for you so when i say all those things it it reflects on who you are because aside from being created as aside from being one of god's most intricate gifts and most intricate precious um valued entities on this earth you have value in yourself you need to answer to what he's called you to be not what you think man wants you to be so we're going to dive into a few of those thoughts a few of those um, labels and issues as we journey through this time of do you know who you are and So I will start by just glossing over, and I don't mean glossing over, but we're going to start right, I'll continue right now, and let's use the topic of family. Family is, or should be, everything. But I do know in this world, in this society, everyone doesn't have the typical TV family. Everyone doesn't have um, two parents um, in the same household. Um, whether, whether, whatever that looks like, they don't have it. Some people are being raised in single family homes. Some people are living with grandmothers. Some people are living with extended family all in the same home. But whatever your family situation is, value your family. Value those people that are around you. Value those people that you call family. Unfortunately, during this time, you may have lost your mothers and fathers. You may have lost your parental um, significance. And now you're living with grandma or now you're living with cousins and now you're living with extended family. But that is still family. That is still someone that you could create legacy. You can create foundation and you don't because they don't supposedly measure up to what you see on TV or what you see in the movies or what you see on social media does not make them any less than example being my father was not a college graduate, but he went right into the military because he had to help take care of his family um, as a young man. And when I say family, this is before he married. Um, so he had to take care of his mothers and his siblings. So he went into the military. And don't negate, um, I don't want to say obligation. 
So because of the fact that and then he got out, he got out of the military and 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 got a job, but things weren't so good. And he went back into the military because that's where the finance, that's where he could get the money to pay for what needed to be paid for his family. Now, people could say, well, they grew up and then they grew up in the projects and they grew up in this and they grew up in that. But one thing I will say that my dad always valued is family. I don't care how much you got on my nerves. I don't care how much you work my spirit. I don't care how much you cuss me out at night. You're my family and I'm here for you and I'm going to do for you and I'm going to be there for you. And we're going to agree to disagree or we're going to disagree together and we're going to move forward. That was how my dad lived his life. My dad was not perfect where none of us are perfect. But the values that he left for me, the wisdom that he left in his legacy was love through it. Love through it. Let's talk about it. Now, don't let me. I am up in age. So I was back in that era where you did get whoopings. All I needed was to get one or two and never got one again because that was not my thing. I didn't, I didn't like the running. I didn't like the screaming. And then I didn't like the, the end result of when you actually got caught. So I was not that type of child that you had to reprimand. I was a type of child is all you had to do is look at me crazy. All my dad had to do is look at me and shake his head. He didn't have to look at me crazy, but that meant, okay, I disappointed him. That means I didn't do something right. And that would eat, that would cause more tears than if you were to give me a spanking um and for him family was everything his his quiet voice was more reprimand than screaming and i'm not saying that my mother screamed versus he didn't what i'm saying is he just had this context about him but his legacy was always love whatever it is Whatever you're doing, family stay together and you love through it. Family will get on your nerves. Family will work that last nerve. But that's because the enemy wants to destroy that what God values the most. God values family. God values the knitting together of parents and, and, and then pr- the, the having of children and continuing to, to um, carry on legacy and carry on that, that name and that heritage. God values that. God loves that. And so when you sit there and you constantly are angry and con- now, now let me, let me, let me also say this as a side disclaimer. There are family members that are just not right. They will not do right. They will not follow the rules. They will do things to other family members that is harmful, hurtful, disrespectful, not acceptable. So don't sit there and think that I believe or I encourage bad behavior or bad um you know, to say that, oh no, someone's allowed to be bad in my family and they're allowed to hurt me and do all these things to me. And I'm supposed to love. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when we're looking at ourselves and when we're, we're trying to grasp 
who I am and who do, where do I fit in? And, you know, because they, they have all these things that we learn that, oh, the youngest child is spoiled and the oldest child has, you know, the bossy one and the middle child is lost. Don't let somebody define you that way. Don't let somebody label you just because of where your position falls in your family. Um, don't let somebody label you just because you're the third girl and that's the fourth boy. And don't let people label you like that. I had an uncle that always used to tell me, if you don't push away from the table, you're going to be big as a house. Why do we tell kids that? You know, because when I look at myself and I, when I remember my childhood, I was not always sitting at the table. Matter of fact, I think my mom used to have to force me to stop playing to come to eat. So I don't remember being that type of child that you had to tell if you don't push away from the table, you're going to be as big as a house. <coughs> that was his opinion. And what's the funny thing about it is if I look back at him, he was the one that was big as a house. No one is as big as a house, but you know, that's what the old people say. So, but he was the one that had, you know, health problems and eating and eating unhealthy things. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not the most healthiest person in the world. And me and vegetables have a good relationship. We don't have a great relationship, but I know my boundaries and I know my limitations and I know what I should do to maintain healthy health. But in our families... I feel that in today's society, families are so broken because we're accepting whatever that comes our way. We're accepting what the enemy tells us. We're accepting the lies of the enemies. We're accepting that because this happened, that we're not deserving of a healthy family. And then we take that. The reason why this is so important is we take that into our relationships. We take that into our relationships as adults. We take that into our relationships when we get married and we have kids of our own. We take that past pain and that past confusion of identity. And when I say identity, I'm not talking about who you are as a male or female. I'm talking about identity in Christ of knowing who you are. We take that and we don't understand who we are. We don't understand love. We don't understand the foundation of what God had intended and what God created. And that upon creation, the day I was intricate in my mother's womb, I was loved. I was done on purpose. I was, God had his hand on me from that day, from that day. And so when we look at who we are, I may have a certain last name and I may come from a certain family, but I belong to God. I am God's child. I am specially, I'm specially, I am special. I am wonderfully made. You see how I put those two words together? <laughs> That's when the mind works before the mouth. <laughs> So you have to understand that you weren't designed by mistake. You were not a mistake. I, I, I will discredit or I will discount anyone that says <coughs> that I was a mistake. You weren't a mistake because God knew you were coming. God knows everything before it even happens. God knows all. He sees all. He knows every path. So he knew what was going to happen to cause you to be created and that you would be born. So you were not a mistake. Stop calling yourself a mistake. You matter to him just as matter as anybody else on this earth. And he has a purpose for you.